0: This is the Barbecue Central Show Archives. The Barbecue Central Show airs live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them online at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by Big Papa Smokers, creators of fabulous rubs, online retailer of grills, accessories, apparel, and creators of their own barbecue contest. Visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, creators of injections and rubs, sweeping the nation, doing well in competitions and in the backyard. You can visit them at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Call 440-943-943. Two seven zero zero and use Key Term Barbecue Brother when you talk to Steve, or visit them online at stephendefranco.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the best pellet grills you can get on the market today, varying sizes, not only for your capacity of cooking, but for your budget as well. Visit greenmountaingrills.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard, looking for a little bit of heat and flavor in regular old yellow mustard, El Diablo has you covered. Six different flavors to choose from currently and you can find them at ldiablomustard.com. and by cookinpellets.com Have a pellet-driven cooker? Why not try out some of the best pellets on the market and will not void any of your warranties, by the way. cookinpellets.com is the website. And by CookShack, a premier manufacturer of electric and pellet-driven cookers giving barbecue classes located in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Always running some kind of a special deal. Check them out at cookshack.com This is Chris
1: Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central.
2: So, to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: And welcome to the really big barbecue central show. Oh yes, yeah! This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. A phone call away, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you would care to. Greg at com is the email address. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found on the main website, the com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter, coming up in about, oh, 13 minutes from now. It's a second Tuesday of a month. And aside from last month... You know what that brings. The creator of the most heavily trafficked, barbecue, and grilling website on the face of the earth. Meat And Goldwyn will be joining us. You know, if you didn't realize what kind of date on the calendar it is, the 14th, we're halfway, basically halfway to Thanksgiving. Oh my God, the... Holiday that strikes fear and demise on the hearts of many, hoping not to F up the turkey, because we know in the very end, no matter how many great poo-poos that you make during the course of the day, succulent side dishes, other such revelry, in the end, it's going to come down to the turkey, and you better not fuck it up. No! No! What are they going to talk about for the rest of the year? Remember when we were at Bernie's house?
1: Oh, the Jack Daniels was flowing like wine. The chicken vittles were good. But he screwed up the damn turkey. I'm never going back. No, I'm never going back. I'm never going to do it. How could you screw up that turkey? This is what we live for. Thanksgiving. I love it where where the turkey at? Forget the turkey! You screwed it up! I hate your guts!
0: We are not friends! Meathead is going to help us make sure that the turkey is succulent and fine fashion because, well, it's his only appearance during the course of the month, ladies and gentlemen, so we can't... This is as close as we're going to get with Meathead. We'll have many turkey experts on tap over the next few shows before the big day hits, just to make sure... You are on your turkey game for this year because we don't want it to be the same old mess, the conundrums and so forth. So enjoy Meathead for two segments coming up in about 11 minutes from now. And then we'll move to the second hour and we will find a Barbecue Pitmaster Championship Award winning, a entrepreneur when it comes to barbecue in the form of an actual store, brick and mortar to be exact. Probably online at this point. He is a barbecue host of his own show that precedes this show. Merely the last two hours in specific. You know him, you love him, and if you don't, you call him Chad Levon Ward. Chad Ward of Whiskey Bend Barbecue will be joining us around 10:14, and he may or may not pull a second segment, depending on how the conversation goes. If not, it is the start of the holiday season so we might play a little porn star or athlete or cheese or font or winery or rehab and uh, give away some prize i mean i got a lot of brisket rub in the prize closet i got some barbecue hooks that i haven't given to jeff elzer i swear jeff it's coming for christmas merry christmas happy hanukkah it's coming i swear you won i won't forget it i might forget to ship your stuff but i won't forget that you won i can tell you that He's been very gracious about it. Jeff, I swear, by the end of 2014, you could be plus one on the barbecue hooks. I swear. Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, sweet brown. Everybody's got time for that. All right, uh, quick notes uh, that I would like to mention. If you are watching the show right now through the smartphones, the smart tablets, the netbooks, the computers... Send them to the outdoorcookingchannel.com because obviously you like the video side of things. If you don't like video, who's to blame you? You can listen to these golden tones through the succulent broadcasting waves of the Internet it's on only the audio stream, which you can find at thebbqcentralshow.com. By the way, I don't know how it works because it's been through a number of updates, this uh, iTunes, like on your uh, desktop computer or maybe on your laptop But if you go into iTunes Radio, and then you go into, I believe it's News and Talk, listed alphabetically, in the B's, right near the front, you'll find Barbecue Central Radio. You can actually stream the show live on iTunes Radio, Tuesdays, 9 to 11, as we're doing right now. And you can also stay right there on your iTunes, when it's not the show, which is basically every other hour of the day that isn't between Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard. Or, as we say in the avionics industry, 2100 to 2200 hours. No, that's not. 21 oh, 9 to 11, 21 to 2300 hours. Sorry, slow on the math, ladies and gentlemen. Get
3: that big stuff out of here.
0: I'm not a math genius, as you could just tell by addition. Uh, 21 to 2300 hours. You, can, you never have to leave the iTunes for Barbecue Central Radio Network audio stream. You can get it on the main website, of course. If you have Internet Protocol television, you have something like a Roku or a Rabbit TV or something like that, search those specific app stores in those devices and you can find Outdoor Cooking Channel and download that application. And then you have the freedom to choose to watch this stream right from any high-definition television that you have or that you have IP television hooked up to. You can also visit OutdoorCookingChannel.com for replays of the show, because as much as I love the live listenership of the show, and believe me, I love them the most, 97% of the people consume the show, as we say, on demand through Podcast only, or through video, or vlogging, or video posts, or whatever you call it. Because you, you know, you can see here on the if you're watching uh, right here on the uh, lower third. There's a YouTube page. You can get video replays through the YouTube page. Of course, you can get them through outdoorcookingchannel.com, the main syndication video partner of this show. You can also get all of the replays all of the time, always on the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. That's right. I'm not gonna lie, you can do it.
4: You can do it.
0: So there's really never a reason that you should ever miss anything about this show ever. But don't let anybody tell you any different for crying out loud. All right folks, if you are looking at hot food eating contests, might I draw your attention to Zest Fest. That's right. Zest Fest out at tw- uh, 2015, January 23rd through the 5th, 25th, Irving Convention Center at Las Colinas, Irving, Texas. There is a fiery food eating challenge that is coming up November 15th. So you have roughly about a week. Uh, well, not even a week. You have roughly about a day to get into it. Hi, I love the math you have uh, issues with. Hey, nobody got time for that. Fiery food challenge entry deadline. Early entry discount extended until November 15th. Oh my God, Pucker Butt to host pepper eating contest. You heard me, Pucker Butt. Pucker Butt? You could not have a better host for a hot pepper eating contest. Smokin' Ed Curry, founder, president, mad scientist, and chef of Pucker Butt Pepper Company, was born and raised in New York, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Smokin' Ed Found that indigenous populations from around the world who eat hot peppers with meals have extremely small instances of many diseases, prompting his focus on peppers as a delicious and healthy food staple. The Puckerbutt Pepper Company is a grower, harvester, and producer of great tasting, all natural pepper produ- products, including hot sauces, salsas, seeds, plants, mustards, jellies, seasonings, and snacks. So there you go. You think you can enter in the old hot pepper eating contest? You want to eat hot peppers until your face falls off, or consequently, the next day your a hole blows out? Ding. Might be for you. Zest Fest is the place to go if you want to get in on that. I'm going to pass myself. Also, on uh, accident, I just marked that as spam. Sorry. Sorry, Zest Fest. I'm not going to be eating hot peppers for any type of fun or frivolity. I am going to tell you about Butcher's Barbecue. That's right, Dave Bosca, the great folks over at Butcher's Barbecue, helping you raise your barbecue and grilling game up five to ten notches. Easily five to ten notches. They're doing that by offering you products that you really can't get anywhere else. How about injections to serve any and all? That's right. Any and all levels of pit masterdom, people that you find in the backyard, all that stuff. Don't worry about it. You can find it at ButcherBBQ.com. You have the pork injection, the beef injection, the prime injection, the bird booster, the open pit pork injection, which is the latest and greatest cage uh, flavor selling light. The proverbial hotcakes. You long for the old taste of the flavor of the open pit pork. Forget it. No need to long anymore. Visit ButcherBBQ.com, buy seven or ten bags of it. You'll be happy that you did. You can inject it in pork. You can inject it in chicken, in beef. Go crazy with it. Just because it says open pit pork injection doesn't mean you have to try it on just one thing, like pork. Forget it. You try it on whatever you want. Now, maybe you're looking for go-to rubs or sauces. You've also hit the mother load here as well. Aside from the injections, Butcher's Barbecue, known for the full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. I love the steak and brisket rub. I love the honey rub, which I buy by the five-pound bag. You know, a couple years ago, that rub was like hots on the Internet. People were reviewing it, giving it the highest marks. Of course, Dave Butcher from, uh, Dave Butcher, Dave Boskin from Butcher Barbecue, using it in his own competitions, of course. Championship award-winning pitmaster Dave Boskin. So this stuff is tried and true. This isn't some guy who's looking to make a buck on you schmucks because he thinks he can get over on you. He's using it in the competitions that cost him hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every weekend to compete in. And he's winning a lot. He does very well a lot. Maybe you should consider it. Last but not least, let me tell you about the sauce. The sweet barbecue sauce is a winner in every category for me. No liquid smoke, which means the most to me not taking the easy way out like a lot of these people did when they make those sauces just to get them up on the shelves. Forget it. They've separated himself from the other sauces, hasn't taken the easy way out. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to find out that you put a lot of effort into that, and you will appreciate it by six. It will go fast. ButcherBBQ.com, the website. Stock up now, ButcherBBQ.com. Butchers Barbecue. always trust your butcher. We're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
4: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back to
0: 16220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the email address should you see fit you want to jump in on the show tonight i'm more than happy to take your questions calls emails so on so forth my next guest you may have heard of him before once or twice only created the most popular heavily trafficked award garnering website on the face of the earth we head over to the second tuesday of every month guest meathead Goldwyn, joining us here on the show meathead what's up buddy
2: Hey, Greg. How's the Cleveland Cavalier of Barbecue doing?
0: Well, as you may or may not know, while we trounced—oh, wait, no, we didn't. <laughs> well, we're—we're uh, just—we're—we're we're getting used to ourselves here on the Barbecue Central Show. That's what I can tell you.
2: Uh huh.
0: Rome, uh-huh. Rome wasn't built in a day, meathead, and neither was the Barbecue Central Show.
2: Yeah. Well. Watch um, uh, You are still my cavalier.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Meathead. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn, of course, from AmazingRibs.com. Uh, you can find out a plethora of information there pretty much on every barbecue and grilling topic that you would care to know on. Uh, Meathead, just for the people that don't know or maybe uh, just kind of joining the show for the first time and aren't familiar with uh, AmazingRibs.com, what kind of traffic are you seeing? You know, I, I say I introduce you as heavily trafficked and most popular but put some quantification to that indoctrination.
2: It's, you know, I'm the Internet dream. I'm a barbecue, a food and drink guy who started a little teeny website. Um,
0: why did you during, start it? Like, why would you start that website?
2: You know, it's a good story. Um, my neighbor was bragging on how good his ribs were one day. And of course, I had to brag on how good mine were, and so it turned into a throwdown. Now we're going back to two thousand five, and turned into a throwdown. And we're just going to have our wives judge. And you know, I got, I had an old Brinkman smoker, you know, one of the bullet smokers. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I decided, well, I'm not just going to rust on my laurels. I'm going to research how to make great ribs and, um, and and make sure I whoop his butt and. I couldn't find anything useful on the internet. I searched Amazon and the libraries. They were—can you believe? Only ten years ago, there were almost no good books on barbecue. There are one or two little things floating <laughs> around out there. Yeah. sublime smoke was. Smoke won. and spice. Steve had one, but there was almost nothing. I mean. I'm I'm looking at a bookshelf now that must have 150 books on it, uh, all related to barbecue.
0: Oh, it's dominated anymore. Uh,
2: unbelievable what's happened. And I thought, well, gee, you know, this is a uh, an open space. Why not start a little hobby site? And it was r- ribs only at first, and then it grew to all forms of barbecue and then grilling. And today, Ryan, I have a chef that works with me now five days a week. Ryan, uh, a Cordon Bleu train chef. Ryan and I were out back. It was a lovely day with our cast iron Dutch oven um, cooking um, pork shoulder in green chili sauce. <laughs> Yesterday, we did um, uh, classic uh, chili with a cornbread topping in this. Oh, uh, oh uh, 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 on charcoal, outdoors in the dirt, you know, like you would do cowboy cooking or campfire cooking. Yeah, And we're going to add campfire cooking. In fact, you want to know something? You like, Greg, do you like fried chicken?
0: There's a bear shit in the woods.
2: Oh, God. Do you make fried chicken? No. Why not?
0: Uh, I don't, I just don't.
2: Yeah, well. It's too
0: hard. It's messy. I don't want to yeah. do it.
2: It's a You've big, dragged
0: it out of me. God damn it.
2: It's a big mess and it yes. fills the kitchen with smoke yes. and Fatters spatters all over the place. Well, golly, guess what? I had this epiphany about a month ago. I got this cast iron Dutch oven, took it out to my gas grill, turned one side on high and the other side off, put the cast iron pot on high, put Uh about a half inch oil in there, took it up to 350 degrees, took a piece of chicken, ran it through some flour and threw it in there, and I saw God. And I did not care if it spattered. I didn't care if it smoked. I was outside on my grill, and I tested the meat. And if it wasn't quite done with my thermometer, I took it out of the oil, put it on the indirect side of the grill, closed oh, the lid. Whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. watch out.
0: Smoke fried roasted, chicken. fried chicken. It's a barbecue whoa. dish. watch out.
2: It, I mean, it's just a natural to cook on your grill. Yeah. I mean it was just and so we did Nashville style we 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 marinated it in Nashville um, style um uh, uh, pickle juice uh we marinated it in hot sauce what um we did um uh, buttermilk hey I'm here to tell you I just don't get buttermilk um uh, soaked chicken I uh, I've tried it a uh, half a dozen times it cooks way too fast even at low boiling te- uh, frying temperatures it burns um, I don't see that it tenderizes it in any way. Just roll the stuff in flour. If you want to do an egg wash and then flour or milk wash, and fine. It's just not necessary. Just take yourself some chicken, roll it around in some flour, get about a half inch. Don't You don't want to submerge. You don't want to deep fry the chicken. Just about a half inch of oil. Um, use any kind of vegetable oil or uh, olive oil. And um, Olive oil? Get up to about 350.
0: Use olive oil to fry chicken. Pardon? Use olive oil to fry chicken?
2: Sure, I, I wouldn't use a really good, expensive extra virgin, but you know, you get a cheap olive oil. It's a vegetable oil, it doesn't have a strong flavor, the cheap stuff at least. And um, uh, it's wonderful. It's just absolutely, it's as good as anything you'll get in any restaurant. Um, you got to turn it over when one side is done. You got to kind of keep an eye. But if you do it on your grill, who cares if it smokes up the room and spatters all over the place and you're in the great outdoors? What fun. Did I've you, been having so much fun. But you asked about traffic to the website. Yep. We set a new record again, as we always do in the summer. Um, Four million page views in June and July. And wow. More than Four one million. million uh, now, Ju- each month, June and 1. Yeah. Four million page views per month. One wow. million visitors per month. One million visitors per month through you, the summer. Now we've tapered off. We're down unique? about...
0: Unique visitors, people. unique visitors. Yeah, uniques. Holy crap! Uniques.
2: Yeah, it, um, I got the comScore data for July today, and um, we if you throw out the big multi website networks like Huffington Post has several barbecue, uh, several cooking websites, and uh, Federated Media represents a bunch of them. If you throw out all the multi site places. We're in the top 20. We're ahead of Rachel Ray and all the TV chefs. It's just, it you know, it just started out as a hobby. It's just so much fun. I, it can be done. It's a dream come true. Not everybody can pull this off because we were very lucky. Yep. We picked a topic that was popular. I mean, barbecue's really hot now, you know, and it shows no sign of abating. Um uh, I wish I could screen share my uh my, my chart of page use is really impressive. But I uh, it's just, you know, golly, what what fun. I come downstairs and my I'm wearing sweatpants right now, you know. This is what I would come to work in. Sweatpants and regular old shirts and there it is. comes in and we, 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 we sit around and brainstorm and come up with new recipes. Just the funnest thing on earth.
0: Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs dot com, the website. Check it out if you've never seen it and you're probably one of the five or six people that have never seen it. Uh, all right, Meathead, so tonight's topic is, uh, let's say, turkey-related. It's the second yeah. Tuesday of every month, of course. Uh, so we're going to find you, but that means we're not going to find you closer to Thanksgiving. Uh, this is the month where people immediately start to bite fingernails, get nervous, start kvetching, because here's all of a sudden it's like, I, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I remember uh, in February, uh, Deputy Corey was guest, uh, guest hosting with me. And I said, I said something about 2014 rapidly coming to a close. In February, guess what? 2014 rapidly coming to a close. I hate to say it. I mean, we are in the, uh, the last week of the first week of November. We're going to be out of 2014 before you know it. So uh, this is the holiday unlike any other.
2: Yeah, well... Let's before Truly we get American. into cooking, I want to I rhapsodize philosophically, yeah. and I touched on this very briefly last year, yeah. but I just cannot help but getting on my, um, my, my soapbox just a little bit here. Thanksgiving is, I think, the best of all the holidays because we all share it. We're a deeply divided nation. We have multiple religions. We follow different faiths. Politically, we are divided almost down the middle. Um, and the po- political divide is bitter and strong, yes. But one day a year, we all sit down. The statistics tell us more than 80 percent of us eat turkey on Thanksgiving, 80 as divided with multiple languages, nationalities, origins, religions, politics,
0: sexual preferences,
2: sexual preferences. What <laughs> we we sit down together, and we have almost the same meal. Um, turkey, stuffing, cranberries. And it's it's a ritual that we all share. And it's centered around food. It's centered around what we love, and we feed each other. It's the most intimate thing to feed somebody. It's, it's, a, it's every bit as intimate as sex. I mean, it's just... What more can you do for a friend or a family or a loved one than feed them? And we just share this universal holiday. It's really older than Independence Day. It's been around for... Now, it was established as a holiday in 1863, but it's been celebrated since the Pilgrims and longer than Independence Day. And I just love this quote from William Jennings Bryan. He said, on Thanksgiving Day... We, we acknowledge our dependence, our reliance on each other, our, f- our families, our, 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 our community. And I, I just think that's a great thought. And that dovetails into the rant I want to do. And I know ranting is really your territory. You'll forgive me.
0: No, please.
2: But, but um, you know, I hear a lot of talk about a war on Christmas. But I'm here to tell you the real war is on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's a family day. It's a chance for us to all spend together. It's just disgraceful that stores are opening even before the dishes are cleaned now. At 6 o'clock in the evening, we're still sitting around. We're passing out. We're comatose. We're belching. We're drinking <laughs> wine. Where are the family values advocates? Where are, does Target really care about your family? Does Macy's, Kmart Sears, JC. Penny, all of them are opening Thanksgiving night. Are these people interested in your family? I say they're not. I say they're enemies of your family. I say they're enemies of Thanksgiving they're they, 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 Please just don't feed this monster.
0: look, uh, this is the one thing that I've been saying, and I appreciate your rant uh, meathead. Very good. Well done. <clears throat> What I have said for years, and I believe I've said it on the show uh, at least for the last two or three years, is that you can go through and you can see all of the major holidays that this uh, great country of ours will celebrate. And in some form or fashion, it has become overly commercialized in every single way. But if you go back and look, I mean, you don't really... What was the last time you saw Thanksgiving commercial? You haven't seen one leading up to the next... You know, a couple weeks, there's no big hubbub. Uh, You don't see a lot of stuff out in the stores in advance of Thanksgiving or anything like that. But I think if you go back through and you uh, survey the general public, I think they're right along with you. They think that Thanksgiving is great uh, because, A, it is not overly commercialized. It's not bastardized by big business. It's something that you can share with friends and family. It is something that is consistent from almost home to home to home, which is nice in a certain way. And that they get to spend Christmas, of course, associated with family and a lot of these other things. But really, in its essence, Thanksgiving is the time that you get together with the family. You sit down, you have the meal, and it's the meal. You don't think about Christmas and you think the meal. You think about Christmas and what the fuck am I going to get from everybody because I'm a greedy bastard. Thanksgiving is let's sit down. We're going to have a great bottle of wine together. We're going to have this great meal. We're going to talk about the old times. We're going to talk about the times to come. And really, I think that's what makes Thanksgiving the greatest. And I agree with you. And more importantly, it has somehow managed to escape the bastardization of commercialization, which I can't believe. How does it
2: miss out? Yeah, there's no buying. Well, but it is now. I mean... It, you know it started with black friday and then um cyber yes
0: but that's not thanksgiving trying to be commercial but that's now, christmas now the encroaching are on thanksgiving on
2: thursday night Yes, but
0: that's christmas ruining it for everybody again
2: <laughs>
0: damn it this christmas when are we getting rid of christmas forget it anyway all right uh, so we got thanks uh, we got thanksgiving coming up that obviously means turkey for a lot of people Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always like the most trepidatious meal that anybody is tasked to make because, oh, my God, heaven forbid you screw it up. Mm -hmm. You're never going to hear the end of it until possibly the next year when, A, you either voted off the cooking island, or you might have a chance to redeem yourself. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the turkey and prep and cooking and best ways to give your chance for a successful Thanksgiving.
2: You know, and we may be preaching to the choir because I think – I know a lot of people who watch your show, and I meet them, and I—they're pretty savvy. But um, uh, let, let's just cover some of the core basics. Yeah. Um, first of all, the most important thing is—is is turkey is uh, a new breed of bird. It's not resembling wild turkey and the way it used to be 50 years ago. It's bred to be very, very lean in the breasts. And if you overcook those breasts the slightest bit, it's bone dry. So the most important thing you can do is throw out that pop-up thermometer or whatever you want to call it, the pop-up gauge that's in the breast, and have a good digital thermometer on hand. Um, I know you and I are both fans of the Thermapen. Yeah. It's brilliant. It reads accurately, precision uh, within two seconds, and it's about a hundred bucks, and that's a lot of money for a lot of people. They've got a new model out called the Thermopop yep. that is only twenty five bucks, and it takes five seconds to read. Um, if you want a thermometer that you can actually stick in there and leave in there, uh, Maverick makes some good ones. There's some others. We have a big, I think we've talked about before, I've got a massive database reviewing thermometers, more than 100 thermometer reviews. Start with a good thermometer and just don't overcook your bird. Take it off when the breasts are 160 degrees. USDA says 165 to be safe. But one thing about these temperatures, and we've touched on this in the past, at 165, it takes seven seconds to kill bacteria. Um, It only takes like, I think, 30 seconds or more to at 160. So, I mean, you can pull it off at around 160, maybe even a little bit lower. And because it's a large thermal mass, it holds heat, and it continues to press heat down in, even if you take it off. So, it will rise in temperature, a phenomenon called carryover cooking, and it'll be safe if you take it off at around 160. You don't want to tent it if you tent it. You're just capturing steam and you're and you're getting the skin soggy. And part of the great fun of turkey is having crispy skin. So you measure the temperature in the breasts. Don't worry about the thighs and the drumsticks. They're gonna be a little overcooked. Well, they're gonna be a little hotter. They're gonna be one seventy to one eighty. But they they're dark meat. They have more fat in it. You can you can take them up to a higher temp you can't hurt the drumsticks and the no, thighs. No. They're my favorite parts anyhow. But You you won't hurt them if you let them get a a little hotter. It's the breasts you absolutely have to watch in the deepest section. Get them off at around 160, and don't mess around. Watch that temperature, 5, 10 minutes, and you've overcooked it, and you've got cardboard, and no amount of gravy is going to bring it back.
0: Yeah, and just ask grandmothers about that. Yeah. They've been killing turkeys for years. Uh, And, and, and again, make sure that if you are – I have not, meathead, you're gonna find this to be outrageous. In the eighteen years that I've been having Thanksgiving dinner, uh, not with my parents because they moved to Florida, but I've been doing it up here with my wife's parents, I have not cooked a turkey in that long. No, not for Thanksgiving. No, sir. So I have to do you cook? I just go over and eat. I don't oh, oh, I haven't they cooked. Cook. Yes. So you're dealing with, you know, uh, the other generation and higher temperatures being pressed into their brain. And, oh, it's fine if it looks like it's shredding up. No worries. Juice is bad. We don't like that. So uh, yeah hopefully if you're like me and you've been stuck for years, it's not going to be this year because we're going down to see my parents in Florida. Fine. Uh, that you could be in a position where you might have to preach or teach your cook that, hey, 160 isn't bad. It doesn't have to be cooked to 180 like that pop-up timer is set to pop out at in the breast. And believe me that that is going to make a world of difference.
2: It, a lot of old cookbooks oh. said 170 to 180. USDA officially says 165, and they've, that, that's a change and that means the old cookbooks are out of date and a lot of the old timers are sticking to that and if you can convince him that well, it's too high 165 is okay by usda and maybe get them to pull it out a little earlier and explain carryover cooking to him you, you you got a better chance you know if it's bad i just eat the stuffing man i could eat mm-hmm. uh bread stuffing all night long i don't care yeah uh You know, I like it better than the dark meat anyhow. I mean, the light meat anyhow. Dark meat I prefer.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, All right, Meathead, hold on one second. We're going to do a quick read for Barbecue Guru. We'll come back. We'll get into more cooking stuff. We'll uh, look at pictures. We'll get into it here a little bit more. Yeah,
2: because we want to talk about cooking techniques.
0: That's right. All right, uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show, uh, AmazingRibs.com. Let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, longest-running sponsor of this show. I'm not going to tell you how old the show is, but in February uh, next year, I believe February 7th, we're going to be celebrating a milestone birthday, believe it or not, for the live show. All right, now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, it keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. It's not going to be true. It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, or a couple slabs of ribs, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Currently, a number of different models to choose from. Two of the most popular models, as I mentioned here each and every week, CyberQ Wi-Fi, if you are a geek. And you have internet Wi-Fi all over the place. You have a smartphone. You have a tablet. You have a netbook. Whatever you have, as long as you connect to some type of a Wi-Fi, and you have your CyberQ Wi-Fi hooked up to it properly, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your bed anymore at 3 o'clock in the morning. You can pick up your phone. You can see where the pit temperature is at. You can see where the internal temperature of your meats are at. And if you're cooking too hot or too fast... You can make pit temperature adjustments right through the convenience of your phone, and boom, it's done just like that. Now, maybe you don't need that technology. Maybe you just need a little cruise control for that pit. Party Q is the thing you want to take a look at. It's 149 bucks for most cookers. Easiest point of entry for pit temperature, uh, pit temperature control devices. Runs on AAA batteries. Sorry, AA batteries. And it can re- literally go from uh, this bullet-style smoker to a kettle to a... Uh, Kamado-style cooker, if you will, or ceramic-style cooker. From one to the other to the other, it's great stuff, and you're not going to be crazy if you decide to use it on multiple cookers. If you're looking for a cooker, Onyx Oven is the thing you need to be aware of. Fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, accommodates half a full pan. Food service works seamlessly with any barbecue Guru pit temperature control device. Now, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out all their products. If you have any questions, about what to order. Call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We are back with cooking techniques. Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. It's the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks.
4: Get in the smoke. Call 877 433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rippey. All right, welcome back to
0: 16220 0966. Greg at hubbbqcentralshow.com. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here as he does each and every. Second Tuesday of the month. All right, me mean that. Uh, let's talk about turkey cooking techniques and uh, things that you think uh, really play a benefit for folks that are looking to win this turkey season.
2: Well, um, this year and last year, I have finally broken out of the mold. Um, I, everybody, I, I we have Thanksgiving dinner at my brother-in-law's house, and he does a turkey in the oven. And I do one on the grill or the smoker, one or the other. And the last couple of years, I've finally decided that I'm going to break with tradition, and I'm spatchcocking my turkeys. Um, Spatchcocking is fancy language for butterflying. What you do is you cut the spine out and flatten it out. And, Greg, I sent you a picture um, number the first one I sent you. It's uh, oops ten. Oh, ten.
0: Here's here's the one I thought you were talking about, but never mind.
2: You know I'm not seeing the video um, feed live. You're kind of frozen. I so am. I'm just going to assume you've got it up. All right, hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been frozen since like the first minute of the conversation since we you your started. You're kidding? No, that's. I'm not worried about it. Right, hold on. It. We'll start Ooh, again. Now I'm, now I'm looking yep, at your yep, picture, your logo. Right. Here we go. I there see, you go. I see my there. bird.
0: There you go. Look at this. Yeah. It's American as apple pie. Love it. Now, my favorite.
2: It's close enough to a whole turkey that yeah. people are not freaked out. I mean, now let's, let's just talk about smart cooking. Um, when there's such a variety of muscles, and we can also apply this to brisket, um... It's hard to get them all cooked to the right temperature. That breast meat is really thick, low fat. The thighs are thinner. There's a bone running through the center. The drumsticks are not too thick. Bone running through the center. They're dark meat. Um, They're a little juicier. And then the wings, which are very thin, they all cook at a different rate. Ideally, the best method would be to break the bird down into two breasts, two thighs, two drumsticks, and two wings. Split them up, season them up, grill them up or smoke them up, gauge the temperature on each of them, remove them at optimum temperature, and serve them at optimum temperature. But there's a huge faction in most of our lives that wants to see that big presentation bird on the table. And if you serve a whole bird the regular way, um, you, you face a couple of issues. The heat attacks it from the outside. Now, if you stuff it, you've now made it into like this giant bowling ball. Yeah. And the heat takes a long time to get through the meat and then through the stuffing down to the center to where it's a safe temperature. And by the time the center is at safe temperature, 160 to 165, the meat, which is wrapped around it and is far away from the center, is 180, 185, and it's way overcooked. So the first thing you want to do is don't stuff the bird. Um, I know there's a large contingent among parents and grandparents who want to see that stuffing, but cook the stuffing on the side. This person still I... stuffs
0: the chicken meathead. This person does. My mommy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My mommy still stuffs it. See her? You see yeah. she still stuffs the chicken?
2: Yeah. Go yeah. And it's just a, a recipe for overcooking the meat. Um, now, some, a, a way I've learned to get around it is to turn the stuffing into something fun. Yep. I make what I call muffins. And I take the stuffing and make my normal stuffing recipe, but I add a little egg to help it bind a little better. And I get muffin tins, and you, all, you grease them up with butter, and you put the stuffing in the muffin, muffin tins. Well, what happens then is, and I think you know, I'm out of sequence here, but I think it's yes, the very, I think it's the very last picture. Or, no, it's um, number, um, it's uh, it's just labeled muffing. Yep. You got it.
0: Oh, oh, oh hold on, I, I think you're in the way.
2: You know, I've got it. There's a way to do screen sharing with this. Um, I got it. Skype, and I ought to figure out how to do it to save you the trouble. I got it. I know, I know, but you got so many things to juggle. Oh, down.
0: come on! I'm a professional.
2: Get that big stuff out of here. All right, you got the muffing up because yes. I'm not seeing it, but that's okay. What do you mean? It, it, don't worry about me. It's cool. The muffing is crispy on all sides. Everybody gets their own little serving of it, um, and it's really kind of cool looking. So maybe this will overcome the "I've got to have the stuffing in the bird" syndrome. Um, but if you can get the stuffing out of the bird, um, you'll get a more tender, more juicy bird.
0: Meadhead, I don't want to call you out, but I'm looking at this muffin. Yes. Are there raisins in that stuffing?
2: Um, cranberries, dried oh. cranberries. All right.
0: I'll 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 let that pass. At, no, that's okay.
2: Thanksgiving, man. Watch out. That's Thanksgiving. It was, they're I dried cranberries. Craisins. Craisins. Yeah. Love craisins. Um, uh, But raisins would be good, you no. know? <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, the other thing is, is spatchcocking um, is really a good technique, and I think the uh, let's see if we can go show the, the second one, the second picture. Yep. No. Third picture. 025.
0: O two five. all right we Got it. There it is.
2: That's the bird spatchcocked. Um, oh my. On a Weber kettle. Looks good. On a Weber kettle, and the beauty here is is you brown both sides. When you have the bird all balled up in its normal fashion, the inside is pale and undercooked, and it's really hard to get flavor in there. And you can put onions and uh, citrus in there, but it really doesn't penetrate, not like a good spice rub. Um, I like herbs. Uh, So you can now put a good spice rub on all sides and brown all sides, and we know brown is the Maillard reaction, Brown is flavor, and when you spatchcock now, you cook much faster, and so it uh, doesn't dry out as much. The longer food is under heat, the more moisture evaporates, the drier it gets. So I like to cook at 325, that's a good temperature for rendering a little of the fat and crisping the skin um, It's a little warmer than I normally smoke things. With turkey, I go very, very easy on the smoke. It can really, it can, you can oversmoke it oh, easily. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love spatchcocking. This year, I'm going to try to do it boneless. I'm going to spatchcock it and try to get all the bones out. I'll let you know how that turns out. But that should make carving a lot easier. Um, but spatchcocking gets it on all sides. And if you can tell in that picture, um, underneath the bird, is a pan.
0: Yeah, I see. It's got it. all the heat
2: on one side, and um, that pan, it's uh, 030, Greg, 030.
0: All right. I'll get there. Give me one second. That's right. Uh, that pan right, contains there. the fixings wow, look at that. of
2: turkey stock.
0: Looks great.
2: That's a bottle of white wine, a little chicken stock. It's celery and carrots and the the leaves off the celery stock, um, some herbs. It's the neck of the bird. Um, it's trimming of the fat. It's, you know, the tail. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, everything except the liver. Oh. Liver will miss, liver will give it a funny flavor. Everything goes in there. And what happens is the bird cooks, you're making turkey stock. And the bird drips in there. It gets a little smoky flavor. And I pull that out just before I do the bird. I strain it, I taste it. I adjust the salt if it needs to. If I want, I can cook it down a little, but I don't add flour. If you add flour, you make it thick. You're making a roux, essentially, and flour is a huge molecule, and it doesn't penetrate meat. So if you do have some dry meat, it won't make it moist. It just sits there like glop on top of it. Yeah. But if you leave it thin as a stock, it's full of flavor. It's rich. It's like a soup. It really is a soup. And it actually soaks into the meat, and it gives it fabulous flavor. People love it. Um, and you can make soup from it with leftovers. I almost always have much more than is necessary for Thanksgiving dinner. I bring it home, and I have turkey soup the next night. Um, it, it's just great. The other thing is, is whether you're cooking indoors or out, banish the roasting pan. Um, The roasting pan, (laughs) I don't know who came up with this idea, but if you can show uh, picture 060. um, All right, there it is. It shows what happens. Uh, On the left, you see the birds sitting in the roasting pan, and the red arrows are heat trying to get to the bird. Yeah. And it can't hit the bottom. The, b- the bird is sitting above water. The water is cool. The water is evaporating. It's cooling the bottom of the bird. And this way you always have kind of pale, flabby undersides of the bird. Um, Who's putting you,
0: water in the, in the roasting pan?
2: Oh, if you don't put some sort of water in there or something, it'll burn. The oh. drippings will hit down there and burn. And a, lot of put pota- a lot of people put potatoes or carrots and stuff down in there and that becomes the basis of the, of the stock. Yeah. But it, it, it'll just drip and burn up if you put it in a roasting pan without a liquid in there. But if you lift it up and sit it on a rack on top of the roasting pan, now the heat can get underneath it and you can cook it evenly all around. And of course the best arrangement is, is on a grill. Because yeah. on a grill you can get the pan down low, the bird up high, Heat can work on the bird from all sides. Now, that's a whole bird, but if you spatchcock it, you get it the same way. You get heat from all sides. You brown it from all sides. You get maximum flavor, and uh, it cooks evenly and uh, is the most juicy. So wherever you're cooking, get rid of that roasting pan, or if you're going to use a roasting pan, get the bird well above the liquid, well above the roasting pan. Don't stick it down in the pan.
0: I would like to say that as far as spatchcock, and there's no bigger proponent of spatchcock, whether it's chicken, poultry in general, mm-hmm. if you think that the whole bird is a good presentation, yes. spatchcock at once, take that backbone out, cook it, and then serve a spatchcock, whole spatchcock chicken in front of everybody, mm-hmm. and that's going to bring the house down, not to mention the fact that carving that son of a bitch has now become nine hundred and seventy-eight oh. percent easier—you oh, oh, so can easier. you can split it in half, you can quarter it, you can easily take the breasts and all the other stuff off. It's o- its the only way to go in my estimation.
2: I, amen from from me, pal. Yeah. And I think the presentation is gorgeous, and it does come close to the uh, impact of the whole bird. And you're absolutely right. Breaking it down um, and and carving it is so much easier. Um, Okay, um, another thought. If you're going to do the whole bird, not spatchcock it, don't truss it. Don't tie the legs and thighs up like people tell you to do. That's just pulling it in tighter, and it makes it harder for the heat to circulate around the thighs and legs. They need a little extra time to cook. Let them flop around. You want to put foil over the wings. And by the way, I cut the tips off the wings And I cut the backbone out when I spatchcock, and they all go in that gravy pan. Um, But you do want to protect the wings. Uh, A little aluminum foil when you start for about half the cook. And um, at 325, um, a uh, spatchcock bird will be done in an hour and a half, two hours max. If you don't spatchcock it, it could take three hours. So you cut down an hour. That's an hour of less moisture evaporating. That's a more tender bird, more juicy bird. Um, so um, th- the other thing I want to I talk about is brining uh, or injecting or dry brining. Brining got real popular for a long time, and I was an advocate. I, I re- recommended it on my website. You get this big beer cooler, and you fill it with water, and you make a 6% brine solution, and you pour in apple juice and garlic and black pepper, And um, then you have to keep it cold. And so you get bags of ice and you put the bags of ice in there. And uh, I think um, I've got uh, a picture of such a setup, um, number 040. Um, And and what it costs, it, it just, it's not an effective technique. It takes up a massive amount of space. You've got to keep it cold. And the only thing that really gets into the meat is salt. Now, we've talked about this before. Salt will penetrate meat, and it'll penetrate meat fairly quickly, and it penetrates even more while the food is cooking. Um, But garlic, sugar, apple juice, all those things, the molecules are way too big. They won't get into the meat. They'll get to the surface, and so it's a surface treatment. But if you really want to treat the surface, sprinkle the garlic and pepper on the surface, and now you've got it. I've become a real advocate of what I call dry brining. And dry brining is simply the night before, sprinkle the salt on the bird. And a rough guide is about a half a teaspoon per pound. Just use your eye, no more than you would if you were sitting at the table, Uh, maybe a little more because it's thick. Put it on a little thicker in the thick spots. And what happens is the moisture from the bird melts the salt, and then the sodium and chloride ions... They're electric, they get electrically charged. They get going down into the meat, and you'll get that salt down into the meat. You're not over-salting it. You're not making it too salty. Salt is an amplifier. It's an enhancer of flavor. Um, you're not using too much. Half a teaspoon per pound is not going to make your heart beat too fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people who are on low salt or have, have issues with blood pressure are really worried about salt, yeah. and with good reason. What you want to do is you want to be aware of fast food and other things that have much higher concentrations of salt. Um, you can use salt in your cooking, just go easy. And this is not a lot of salt. And what it does is it really turns up the, the, the amplifier on the flavor. And it's a great technique um, for making flavor. And you just do it the night before, and that's it. You don't have to worry about the big buckets, of, and you're not wasting apple cider and garlic and pepper. And if you want to put those on, I like to use an herbal rub. I call it my Simon and Garfunkel rub. It's parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, a little garlic, a little ground black pepper. I've got the recipe on the website. And, and I like to get it under the skin. And if you're spatchcocking, it's really easy to work your hand under the skin. Yeah. I mix it with a little olive oil or something. Get it up under the skin. You mix it with butter if you want. Get it up under the skin. Um, and no problemo. A um, couple of other quick things I wanted to touch on uh, before we run out of time. Yep. You can inject. Um, now, you want to watch and make sure that you don't have a turkey that is labeled enhanced, right? Um, which is um, trade talk for um, uh, it's already been injected with salt. Kosher turkeys have been um, t- treated with salt. Um, I list all the verbiage on my turkey recipe page that you might find. But if you have an unenhanced, unadulterated turkey, um, you want to get some salt onto and in it. And what you can do, and this is fun, is you can butterball it. The original butterball was shot up with butter. You melt a little butter, you get a you get a um a hypodermic, uh slide number 050 Greg. Yeah, already on it. Um and uh um, there are a variety of them. You can get a really fancy stainless steel one or little plastic ones. And uh, oh, now all of a sudden I'm seeing uh, the pictures. Huh. Um, God, it'd be great when the Internet really works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can shoot them up with butter. Do this, if you can, the night before when you salt it so that the butter has a chance to work its way around a little bit. Um, and that's a nice technique. Or you can shoot it up with a little saltwater solution. 6% brine, I have the recipe on my website, and it's pretty easy to do. One other thing that's really important to bring up, um, the, um, the food safety experts want us to not wash turkey and yeah. poultry. Right. And I, it's, I have a rough time with this. It's just an old habit that I can't break. I feel like it's covered with bacteria, and it's slimy, and i got to wash it off. But they have shown, demonstrated, people at Drexel University of Philadelphia in particular, there's a scientist there, Jennifer Quinlan. She's got a cool video that we've run on our website. What she's telling you is you have to assume that modern poultry has... Salmonella and Campylobacteria bacteria on it it's just a fact of life I'm sorry it all dies when you cook it dies it's not going to affect flavor but the way they grow the birds and the way they process them now you just have to assume it's contaminated and if you're washing it you're not seeing it but you're aerosolizing the, um, uh, the bad guys that are on the surface, it spatters, it gets on the sink, it gets on the dish drain, it gets on your arms, it gets on your clothes, on your apron. You don't see it, and what you're actually doing is more harm than good. So they, they, the scientists want us to know, don't wash your poultry. I, I, it's a rough one for me, but I've finally broke myself of the habit.
0: Well, that's, that's most important. I mean, break the habit. Start this year. Break the habit. Don't put water on your turkey. Just uh, get some paper towel and damp it off, and then
2: you're done. Yeah, if you want to do I mean, that, 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 that's okay. Right, if
0: that makes you feel better.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, another tip. Um, slide 070, Greg. All right. I'm getting there. Yeah.
0: Five. Seven. This here is we go.
2: this is the um, the back of a turkey. Um, you, you got the wings and the uh, and the legs there. Um, And um, where the backbone is, there are two little pectoral muscles that they call the turkey oysters. When you're carving the bird, make sure nobody sees you, you eat those.
0: Really? Do not serve
2: them to the company. They're too good to share with the... it, company. (laughs) (laughs) These are... The, they, they call them the oyster because they're really tender and juicy, and they're they're nestled in there. They're little pectoral muscles, I think, is what. The, um, and, and and they're not no they're not pectorals. They're um, trapezius. Uh, they're 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 off the back, right next to the spine. Um, somebody who's a bodybuilder out there will know what muscle those are. But they are really <laughs> good, yeah. and they're really tender and juicy. And uh, you want to get those out and save them for yourself. And then finally, on, on, on serving the bird, on cutting the bird, um, oh, fly, slide 080, um, you want to not slice the meat off the breast while it's still on the carcass. Um, that slices the meat with the grain, and that makes it a little chewier. You want to remove the whole breast's. Not technically, it's one breast on a bird, but because you've got that uh, keel bone down the middle, it it comes off as two lobes. They look like... Yes. They're called lobes. They look like livers. Uh, Two big lobes. Remove those. They're right on top of the the, uh, rib cage. You just run the knife down along that keel bone on either side. Gently work. And I use um, a fishing fillet knife because it's got a flexible blade. Yeah. Instead of a big carving knife, I use a $19 Rapala 50, uh, filleting knife, and I work it right down there and just pull it off the bone, and you get this big lobe, and then you slice them across the grain, and you can get everybody a nice slice of um, skin. And, um, and and then if you pour gravy over it, the grain is running. In this picture, it would be running left to right, right to left. Um, the, uh, the, the gravy will soak in, um, and you get really nice slices that way.
0: I mean, that looks absolutely phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a great nice. picture.
0: Uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining us here from amazingribs.com. If you have any other questions, concerns, comments about uh, turkey, I mean, you're, you're answering questions, right? Meathead, that's part of your deal.
2: Yeah, and in fact, yeah. um, I'm, I stay by the computer till about 2 o'clock. I'm cooking most of the morning. And 2 o'clock, I, I, I take my whole bird, stick it in a beer cooler. Um wrap it first uh, with some uh, foil, I know that makes the skin a little soft, and I head across town to my brother-in-law. But I make a point of being the, um, the meatball hotline, meathead hotline, and I stick by the computer uh, until about 2 o'clock and I field questions. And we also have a pretty bird contest on the website. I haven't picked the prizes yet, but they're usually cool prizes like thermopens. So take pictures of your turkey post the pictures to my website and compete for some really nice prizes. And I want to show you slide 020, Greg. That's what second. my bird looks like when I put it on the table.
0: Oh, look at um, this thing.
2: Isn't that nice? nice. Great, <laughs> that?
0: great picture.
2: Uh, I leave the wings intact because there's always somebody who likes them. I leave the drumsticks intact. Some people Sometimes you can actually carve it off the drumstick if you want. And the breast meat sliced up nice and neat. So it's sort of refabricated into a semi-bird-like form. Yeah. Um, and I pour the gravy over the top of that, and it's a huge hit. And uh, my brother-in-law, Bill, does it the old-fashioned way in the oven, and people love that. And then I have the smoke bird, and everybody takes a slice of each.
0: Sounds like a great time. Meathead Goldwyn is the creator of AmazingRibs.com. Looking for your questions, comments, and concerns at AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, as always, appreciate the time. And we will see you again in the second week of December, my friend.
2: You betcha, Greg. Always fun to be with you. I hope I've helped some folks out there. And if you have questions, come on down to AmazingRibs.com. There's a page on Turkey. Leave your questions there, and uh, I or my moderator team will uh, be there to help.
0: There he is, Meathead Goldwyn, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ringing it strong, as always. We are incredibly long on this segment, as always. You can see we're already a couple minutes past the hour, but that's all right. We will catch up here. In just a second, let me talk to you quickly about Stephen DeFranco. That's right, as we were talking, rapidly coming to a close in 2014. If you have any questions, concerns, you want gift ideas, Stephen DeFranco is the place to go. StephenDeFranco.com is the website, 440-943-2700. Is the phone number. Give Stephen a call. When you call, if somebody answers, it's not Stephen. Say, hey, I want to talk to Steve. When he answers... Tell me your barbecue brother or sister. Tell them what you found at the website, StevenDeFranco.com. If you're local ish around Cleveland, it's worth the drive. Right there on the corner of 91 and 84 in beautiful business, the business district of downtown Willoughby. Steve's there to help you. 440 943 2700. You know, get away from the Jareds and the, the Sterling Jewelers and the Rogers. The big box store pieces of crap that you see each and every time in the malls and all that stuff. You know, forget about that stuff. Deal with somebody who has your best interest at heart, isn't going to try and sell you this or sell you that or, you know, whatever the case may be. He's here to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need on budget. Not looking to put commissionable dollars in his pocket. Steve's going to ask you a bunch of questions. Wants to make sure that he's fitting your expectation, making sure that you're conveying that uh, emotion that you're hoping to with the loved one. Uh, but he's not going to be trying to talk you up and talk you out of stuff that you might have your eye on. So you go to the website, StephenDeFranco.com. You call him 440. 440- 943-2700 you tell me you're a friend of the show and boom it's off and running don't forget everything pretty much ships for free lots of extra warranties and stuff that you wouldn't normally get with anybody else That's why I deal with Stephen DeFranco all the time Stephen DeFranco Jewelers StephenDeFranco.com 440-943-2700 uh, we are back to wrap up the first hour and start the second hour quickly right after this
3: this is Maddie Rempi. From Cleveland,
4: Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: back and just like that we will be rolling out for the first hour. Stick around, we will be right back.
1: From my heart and from my do people understand my intention?
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show.
1: We cook because we have to and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> We have a great show of a big fan. So what, what what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's
4: in the in the crackle.
1: Charbono, it's all about the charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 50 before wiener. But oh, listen, Lavernius, shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> Tough.
0: All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. You found the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rampy. Happy to have you aboard here for the second hour. If you want to jump in on the show tonight at some point, 216-220-0966 is the touch tone g-r-e-m I'm sorry, Greg sorry, I was about to give you my work uh, email address you don't want that not unless you're looking to fly 50 passenger regional jets you don't want that uh, greg at com is the email address you can find replays of the show on the main website thebbqcentralshow.com on the iTunes, outdoor cooking channel Roku, all that good stuff make a Facebook post right now folks if you're listening to the show everybody know the show's out on. one hour to go that Ward still coming up on the show tonight. Don't forget this portion of the show is brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Not going to void any warranty, so don't him and haw and worry about all that other crap. I mean, forget about it. If you are dealing with a pellet-driven cooker right now that requires that you use only their wood pellets runaway... Get that If you are somehow under a mandate that your pellet-driven cooker has to use the only manufacturer's pellets that they provide, that is crazy town. Check the augers, question everything at hand, do not buy it.
3: There's
0: a lot of pellet manufacturers out there, none better, of course, than uh, Chris Becker and the good folks over at cookingpellets.com, they're not going to wa- void any warranties. I mean, come on, don't fall for it. Don't run amuck. Or better yet, if you have a problem, if you buy somebody else's pellets and your cooker breaks because it has nothing to do with the pellets, just say, yeah, I was using your stuff. Yeah, what the, what the F? What are you doing to my stuff? <laughs> you know, I wish I had the time to talk about the item that I would like to talk about, except we ran incredibly long with Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, but well worth it. But my question to you, what is... whoa, what? Back to safety. All right, sir. John Dawson sent me a bad article as getting fish- what is the McRib made of. New McDonald's video shows how they make the boneless preformed patty. Oh no. Oh no, anything but that. Linked to packaged foam gray IKEA furniture, the McDonald's McRib patty came under scrutiny last year after one of the photographed after one of the photographed on the production line minus sauce and pickles. By the way, when was the last time you ever had ribs and pickles never?
3: Get that big stuff
0: out of here. But now the fast food giant is hoping to get lovin'. It's seasonal treat again by showing exactly how the boneless preformed morsel is made. A new behind-the-scenes video takes viewers inside the Lopez Foods production facility in Oklahoma City where giant chunks of pork are ground down, no packaging foam in sight hundred percent cut meat the video is part of a focused marketing campaign that mcdonald's recently launched in the u.s to shed light on its own criticized food sourcing and, and product methods let me see if i can't uh get this up and running hold on you know i'm gonna find it for you please choose a sponsored video your oh. content will begin shortly God. why do i have to choose a damn sponsored video I don't want to see Russell Wilson. So ridiculous!
3: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: How much time left to it? 18 seconds. Oh my god! I don't think Russell Wilson is worried about the bronze shaver. That's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. As soon as this is done, I'm not. I'm sparing you the shaving video that I'm watching just right here. Wow! Give me a break. Good sweet Mike. All right, here we go.
4: My name is Wes Bellamy. I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm a teacher at Albemarle High School. I'm also the executive director of a nonprofit entitled Hype, Helping Young People Evolve. Right now I'm in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a place I've never been before. And uh, McDonald's bought me here because of a tweet that they saw. Someone sent me a picture of what I thought was a McRib, and I put, wow, with a bunch of O's and W's, and that looked disgusting. And I was encouraging everyone to never eat anything from McDonald's again, so I think
0: you all want to bring me
4: here so that I can actually see how the McRib is made and see if my mind can be changed a little bit. I don't know, though. I'm a skeptic.
0: Yeah,
1: right. I'm
2: Grant Imahara. McDonald's knows you have a lot of questions about their food, so they've asked me to help you
4: find the answers.
2: And who are you? Hey, are you
4: Wes? I'm Wes. Are you Grant? I am Grant. Nice to meet you, man. Are you ready to get to the bottom of the McRib? Let's find out what's really in that stuff. All right. all right. Grant.
0: what's be- P.S. Grant has the best tie ever.
2: Thank you. Nice to What do we have here? We have a boneless pork picnic, okay. which is the main ingredient in the McDonald's McRib patty. This looks a lot different from a picture that I saw on Twitter. So this is the good stuff. This is what we purchased and, and bring in the facility to create the McRib. Well, I'm anxious
4: to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, yeah. very good. All right, cool. All check
1: right. It out. So where are we headed now? So we're going to head and watch... The pork be introduced into the process. Come on up. Right. This is the same cut of meat that we saw up in the kitchen earlier. Have you ever seen this much meat before? Never. There's no bones. No bones no in gristle, it. No crystal.
4: It's all meat. Wait, I don't know. Let me feel one of the pieces in the back. You know what you they try to.
0: What do you uh, know? What do you know about? what you're feeling? Let me get at yeah. yeah. the
4: bottom of one of these pieces. There's, there's nothing in it. That's, hey, this is good. So this will be lifted up and, and go up there to get grounded? Let's go take a look at that process. Okay. Pork
0: okay? in the gaylord, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come on this
2: advantage point so we can see the entire production floor. Okay. This is a great vantage point to survey your meat empire. <laughs> <laughs> Every piece of meat that, that we're grinding and enter, put it into the McRib process uh-huh. is visually inspected by highly trained individuals. This seems pretty cool, I must admit. Highly this trained is not individual. like I thought it would be. So, Kevin, I see there's a lot of things being mixed in there. What exactly is in there? thing in a McRib patty is pork. Water,
1: salt, dextrose, which is a type of sugar, and preservatives, which are BHA, gallate, and citric acid. What are the preservatives for? The preservatives are used to lock in the flavor all the way into the restaurant. Oh, so that's not barbecue. We're following a recipe just like she does at home. Ah.
0: It's just like my grandma's barbecue. Uh, hey, guess what, Grant? Time to get a new grandma.
3: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: No offense to your grandma. Oh great! I just f- screw up the whole video. Come on, come on. Oh no! Come on. What did I do? Oh. Whatever, Grant. You're crazy. P.S. I'm not kidding. Time to get a new grandmother. Folks, if you didn't know by now, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. The rubs have won almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 2013 World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City, the 2012 and 2014 Jack Daniels Invitational, the 2013 Kingsford Challenge, 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and many more to come. BPS also banded together with fellow California-based barbecue rub company, Simply Marvelous Barbecue, to form... What has now become known as the West Coast offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile. that competitive coach from across the country have begun to aim for They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in the barbecue world head-to-head in a back-to-basis competition. King of the Smoker, unique in the fact that contestants may not use any electrical devices such as pellet cookers or pit minders. Contestants are just allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stake barbecue competitions around. The other competition that BPS started is known as the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled competition that helps to bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category, which helps provide incentive to get new competition, uh, to get new competitors into the barbecue world. On top of all of that, Big Papa Smokers created the unique band and, uh, brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only four years of being in business. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head. Creating their own unique competition. Becoming a staple of a nationwide barbecue restaurant chain.
4: And
0: benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Of course, the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Chat Ward from Whiskey Bend Barbecue right after this. stick around. We'll be right back.
4: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All
0: right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your uh, two bits of contact information. If you want to find out anything else about the show, Show thebbqcentralshow.com. You can uh, visit my next guest on site, online, in superstores, across the TV globe. He's a championship award-winning pitmaster, barbecue entrepreneur. You name it, he's done it. Oh, he hosts his own barbecue show, by the way, two hours before this one. Let's go ahead and race over and welcome Chad Ward to the show from Whiskey Bend. Hey, hey. Chadley, what's up, buddy? What's up, Greg? How's it going tonight? Hey, Chad, it sounds like a freaking party and a half. What is happening over there? Dude, it's
1: Tuesday night. I'm in Vegas getting ready for the World Food
0: Championship, Tuesday, man. baby. Yeah, way to bring it, Chad. I, I see you working. I see you working. All right, so, uh, Chad, a lot of things that I want to get with you at tonight, a number of things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you've had... Uh, some pretty good, I guess, uh, uh, competition weeks. You've had a grand championship here in the last couple weeks. You've uh, won a uh, category in the uh, Laughlin, Nevada event, which took place, you know, roughly a week and or, or so ago, two weeks ago, I guess you could say. Um, how are things on the competition side going for Whiskey Bend Barbecue this year? Well,
1: I'll tell you what, Greg. It's been uh, it's been good. You know, we we had a little bit of lull here the last uh, the last couple of months um you know we we finished strong kind of at the beginning of the summer uh and we've done a ton of practicing cooking through the summer which is something i really hadn't done a lot of in the past shame on me um and we came into you know october and, and first contest out we won a grand championship the fba and mulberry and then to go out to you know a ronnie cates event where you know all the players are going to play and to get a first place rib we, we, we were elated man
0: Chad, let me ask you something. You know, you're talking about where all the players play. Certainly no bigger player at the moment, no hotter cook or team at the moment than Darren Worth of Iowa Smokey D's, who wins the Jack Daniels, turns around, then wins again. Laughlin has talked about, uh, you know, a number of other things and having a great year again. He's been doing it 12, 13 years you know, somebody who's in the competition world as you are, you know, newish compared to Darren. How do you view what he's doing this year, especially here over the last two, three weeks?
1: I, I think it's. I, I mean, I think it's something epic. I mean, to be you know, to me, I, I compare it almost to what Tuffy did last year. Um, you know, with the with the Royal, and then turn around and in the Jack. Um, you know, to look at what Darren does. Uh, you know, you know they, they have the restaurants, uh, but they're still out running a hell of a schedule. And to win the jack and then, you know, fly cross country, get this house in Arizona, by himself, didn't have Sherry with him, and uh, and pull down there and and take you know overall grand, you know it was I mean it's amazing I mean the guy's a heck of a cook and an even better guy, um, you know got to spend a lot of time with him and, and I'm probably gonna uh, I'm probably gonna polish him up here a little bit because I think he may have some videos <laughs> from uh, from the uh, post celebrations on Saturday night if you will. Um, so Darren Worth is my number one barbecue guy forever.
0: Beauty, yeah, he's a classic, great guy. Let me ask you something, Chad. But, but, some... but you, yeah. you,
1: you know what I find is, is kind of unique about Darren too is he he's never that guy that you know when you see him at a contest he's always smiling he's always loosey goosey you know he, he's not a guy that's that's intense locks himself in his trailers ten by ten you know he, he's out there having a good time but what he's doing with flavors. And, and obviously, you know, he's cooking everything on point every time. Uh, you know,
0: he, he's he got the playbook. Chad, as somebody who is out there, you know, that does the competition scene like you do, uh, when you see uh, him able to pull off Cooks as as he is, you know, what do you look at as far as, you know, what is he doing that I might be able to implement? Or what do you think, I guess, maybe a better question is what do you think that uh, that he is doing now that is setting him apart to stand out right now?
1: Well, well, Greg. If I knew what he was doing, yeah, I, I would share. I would share it on the show. Yeah, right, ladies. I mean, ah! we're, we're, we're we're all about boning up the centralites with as much information as possible. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you what it is, but obviously, it's something that's differentiating his food because not, not only you know does he get, you know Ronnie cakes flies in certified judges from all over the country. You know, so to win that contest, it means you have a flavor profile that that that. Pleases all palates, right? Yep. And then at the Jack, you know, you've got the certified judge, but you've also got that little bit of celebrity judge crapshoot. But there, also, they like this flavor, they like this tenderness. So obviously, what whatever he's doing and the program they're running, um, you know, he wants to write it on a sheet of paper and, and and you know drop it somewhere in my proximity. I'd love to have it.
0: You know, one of the things that I heard, because I did have Darren, I also had Mike Richter, who was a grand champion, who had won uh, uh, Southern Ohio the week before as well, uh, both cooking their asses off currently, having great years, is they both seem to notice a a, uh, noticeable presence of cooks in the judges' tent, where perhaps in years past, especially, and obviously we're talking about the Jack here, but in years past you had seen bloggers and celebrities and cooks that you would see on television, normal people that you wouldn't see in the judges or uh, that you wouldn't see in a normal uh, judges tent uh, weekend, weekend out. When you see, as a competitor like yourself, Chad, if you go into an event like a Jack and you see a lot of your own in the judges tent, does that give you a little bit more confidence, do you think, when you're cooking, that you can stay and stick with your own flavor profiles that you would normally?
1: I think so. I think it does, Greg, because, you know, you sit there and you know, hey, you know, these guys have walked, you know, a mile in my shoes. They understand, you know, what it's about, you know, what, what, what flavors we're all cooking towards, you know, roundabout. You know, nobody's cooking exactly the same flavors, but people know what you're going for. So I think, yeah, when you see more cooks in the judges' tents, um, you know, I, I think it's good, especially, you know, and that's nothing against certified judges or anybody like that, um, but I, I but I, I kind of get excited when I see more cook teams in the judges' tent because you know they know what it's like. I think I think that's the type of judge that's that's one start started a nine in KCBS and worked down instead of uh, you know s- some judges that have never you know picked up a spatula or a tong in their life or or cooked a wagon brisket. Um, you know that that, that that maybe they started a seven and you got to earn it up. Um, you know so so no I I like the presence of more cook teams in the judges' tent.
0: Uh, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue, is my guest. Uh, Chad, let me ask you one more thing about Darren here, and then we'll uh, move on to other things. As far as doing a jack with his normal partner, Sherry, his wife, and then, as you said, rock starring out to Arizona, doing the cook himself, you know, as someone who is used to cooking with a team, as you are with Whiskey Bend Barbecue, what kind of a dynamic is it? Maybe you've experienced it yourself, where you have a team normally, and then on any given weekend you're off kind of on your own and you're the guy you got to do all the prep you got to do all the cooking you got to make sure all the flavor profiles are on point uh does it almost make you have to hone in more on what you're doing when you're by yourself than with a team
1: yes i mean i mean to to me i've only ever cooked a contest by myself now you know my my normal team's usually two to five guys um, now, I, I've cooked a lot of a two-guy contests, you know, whether it be me and Jared, me and Matt, um, you know, me and Timmy. But, you know, yes, when you don't like, – like, we cook – I mean, I will definitely say we cook our best when the most whiskey event bodies are there because it's just another set or two of eyes that are looking at things. We can divvy up tasks better to where our focus is on certain things. So, yeah, for, for Dan and Sherry to, to cook together as long as they have – you know, and obviously be in lockstep for him to, you know, not have her, at, you know, out there at Ronnie Kicks law firm at the USA Barbecue Championships. You know, and, and still be able to pull off a brand championship. There's a lot to be said about that because, you know, you you do kind of fall into those those habits when you have your team and your 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 folks around you. That um, when they're not there, it's like, well, it's either going to happen, I'm either going to do it or it's not going to get done.
0: Uh, Chad Ward, Whiskey Men Barbecue, my guest. Uh, Chad, let me ask you something. In regards to flavor profiles that you are seeing, uh, you've competed out there in the southeast. You've made your way across west this year. A uh, lot of talk being bantered about with the Big Papa Smokers and the uh, the Steph Franklin uh, simply marvelous uh, barbecue rubs, better known as the West Coast offense. You know, is that something that you are seeing predominantly in uh, in a lot of teams anymore, or do you still see a lot of the same old guard with the smoke and guns and the, uh, and the uh, blues hog stuff? What are you seeing right now that's winning and, and people are using?
1: Well, I I will tell you, you know, a couple things that, that we have done is um, for probably the second time in our career, you know, and I love Bill on the Death. I think Bill is one of the best, 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 ambassadors for barbecue ever. Um, we're running a blues hog free sauce. Um, you know, it, 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 it's 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 really down the middle. Um, it's something that we're we're making ourselves, which which is kind of cool. You know, I always kind of went from the school of, you know, hey, there's there's guys out there making sauces that are putting a lot more time and money into this than I am. You know, let's find what we think works. You know, combine a couple things add our own spin or two and go with it. But, you know, we kind of got in the meat lab this summer and uh, and, and started doing our own sauce, uh, you know, from scratch. And it seems to be everything we want it to be. It's, it's kind of right down the middle. Um, and we did a lot of that on the rub side. So we are using some commercial things. But for the first time, I would say we're probably using more of our own recipes and formulas from scratch than we ever have. And, and I think what it's allowing us to do is to have a little bit of a flavor profile, that, you know, whether we go to the West Coast, you know, whether we stay down in the Southeast, you know, you know, obviously next year I plan on cooking probably the heaviest schedule I cook, you know, somewhere around 26 to 32 contests. And in and, and preparing for that, I really wanted to have something that I think can score across the country, like all the great cooks, do, like Tim Grant, like Dan, like Donnie Bray. You know, those guys jump state to state every week. And they're not changing their flavor profiles. They just have something that works across the country.
0: Uh, Chad, when you talk about cooking a 26 or a 32 contest schedule in 2015, do you see a mix of Florida Barbecue Association, obviously born and bred there in the uh, Imperial Pole County as far as barbecue is concerned, Uh, but do you see a a good mix of the two sanctioning bodies or do you see predominantly one or the other?
1: First off, Greg, uh, give yourself a timble or a woot or whatever you call that sound effect for mentioning the Imperial Polk County, cool. Come on, come on. uh, I appreciate that, baby. Come on. And, uh, I, I, I tell you, I, I think, you know, let, let's say if we go 26 contests, my preference would be about, and looking at the schedule right now, uh, 10 or 12 FBAs and the rest KCBS. Um, just because, I mean, you know, one of the things for me was, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a bit with, uh, with the business, the smoker line, and, and some of those things, it's important for me to go out and, and see other folks in other parts of the country. Um, and, and plus, personally, I just enjoy that. You know, I mean, I really enjoy – I love my FBA brothers, and I'll always be – always call myself an FBA cook. Um, but I, I really enjoy getting out there, crossing new states off the list, meeting new people, and uh, just kind of spreading the word.
0: Chad, is there any – goal or in, uh, intuition going into, I mean, obviously we're looking uh, ahead to next year here. Uh, maybe we shouldn't do that at this point, but uh, you have teams in the FBA, uh, Jim Elser and Sweet Smoke Q. You got Matt Barber and Hot Wachulas. And you have, you know, uh, the list goes on Dana Hillis and you have, uh, yep. uh, you know, any rub any Bagby. number of you know, rub Bagby, of course. So we'll get to him here in a second with the sauce, but you have, you know, let's say uh, 15, Uh, top FBA cooks that seem to be vying for a team of the year each and every year here over the last five, six, seven years. Uh, Well, pretty much ever since Kevin Bevington decided to get out of FBA and let other people win. Holla, Kevin! Yeah. Um, You you know, you have Rub and you have all these other teams that I mentioned. Would you like to see uh, Whiskey Bent Barbecue vying for an FBA team of the year on top of doing some of the other KCBS stuff as well?
1: I have absolutely no desire in the current format, to chase the FBA team of the year,
4: really? Um,
1: Whoa, not, not at all. Um, and and, and the, you know, if if the if the new board that's coming in next year, you know, wants to look at something similar to the KCBS, where you know you, you take the top ten contest, you know, et cetera, that's something I would definitely entertain. But and and that's to take nothing from Matt Jim. Dana rub any of those guys that have won team of the year since I've been around but to me I wouldn't be able to cook any KCBS or maybe one two or three because you have to run that FBA circuit to even have a chance at team of the Year. and not only do you have to run the circuit you got to be cooking really well so to me I just don't have any desire to cook 28 32 FBA contest if I cook that many contests. I want to split it up. I want to see different parts of the country. I want to meet new people. Um, so yeah, I have absolutely—if I could say—I have negative ten percent desire to win FBA Team of the Year in the current format.
0: Wow, Chad Ward, a Whiskey Bend Barbecue, uh, joining us here on the show. Um, all right, Chad. So fair enough, uh, as far as uh, Team of the Year concern is for FBA. Now, uh, let me talk to you quickly about uh, Rub, and specifically. His sauce, which, I mean, I can't remember a sauce, barbecue sauce, that has hit the market and that has not only gotten legs and started to walk at a mild rate, this shit has gotten down and done Carl Lewis-style sprinting across competition circuits. Uh, from from your perspective uh, as a competitive cook and as someone who doesn't really have a dog in the fight of uh, barbecue sauce at this point, what do you think is, is winning for Rub? Why do you think his sauce is going over so well so quick?
1: Well, you know, you know, Rob Bagby has a kind of a mantra that, you know, it's something that sticks in my mind from what he told me seven years ago, and that is I try to cook the best average barbecue, which means he, he, he tries to cook it. It's got to be perfectly cooked from a tenderness point of view, right? But – his flavor profiles he tries to keep right down the middle of the road. Not too sweet, not too spicy, not too savory, just a very good barbecue flavor. And, and I think Rub, you know, paid homage to his own advice and when you taste that Swamp Boys sauce, it is that. It's just a all-around good barbecue sauce. Plus, I mean, you, you don't cook seven years and win 45, 50 grand championships and one pork at the jack, and, and those kind of things with, without knowing what scores. And I think Rub really put his best foot forward to take his sauce that he was winning with, put it put it in a bottle to where you don't have to dodge or you don't have to do this. You can take it right out of the jar um, and, and do well with it. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and let the, let the bug out right now. I mean, first place ribs last week in Laughlin, right out of the bottle. Out of the bottle, into a pot, heat it up on the smoker,
4: Right on the ribs, done. No way. Yep. Wow.
0: This is uh, this is like, you're not the only one that said this here over the last couple of weeks. It's it's stuff that you don't have to doctor. You can put right out of the bottle, and boom, you're gonna be uh, potential. Well, assuming you're doing your part on the cooking process, sure. Uh, sure. This is gonna really help you uh, reap the rewards at the end process.
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, rubs done a great job. It's a really, really solid sauce.
0: Uh, Chad Ward joining me here on the show. Chad, uh, I, I I hate to even impress that I might be able to try and hold you over for another segment, but are you uh, you willing to hold over for seven, eight minutes?
1: Actually, you know what, Greg? I think we're going to do it because I'm sitting here at the D in Vegas. The bartender just said, "Are you on the Greg Rempy Barbecue Radio Show?" I said, "Yes." He's complimenting me a double whiskey. So, all right. He, hey. You, 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 hey, you pay for your time. I'm going to hand
0: this bartender a nice, hefty tip, yep. and uh, I'm going to get a double whiskey, and we'll go from here. All right, fair enough. Chad Ward, uh, gracious to uh, hang with me through another segment here. Uh, I'm going to talk to you quickly about Fast Eddie's by Cookshack, the pellet grill that is a smoker and a grill all-in-one. It's a stainless steel, 100% wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees. It's the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroil technology and features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that drink and try meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, smoke. Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills to choose from. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double-walled roll hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance of the PG-500 features a two-way swing lid and utensil holder. Now listen to me. The PG-500 and 1,000 have many great features, including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feeding system, stainless steel cooking grate on the direct zone side that produces killer sear marks, nickel-plated grills on the indirect and top rack strip bucket pellet ashtray 100% stainless steel construction warming drawer 40 pounds of cook shack hickory pellets and a 30-day money-back guarantee it's a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes including fajitas ribs chicken steaks desserts, sides and large cuts of meat you can do it all including cold smoky grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense smoky flavor check that out and When you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent and the smoke more flavorful. For recipes and how to videos, check out the Cook Shack's YouTube channel. For more information, you can find their website devoted just to pellet grills at pelletcooker.com or you can call them at 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit cookshack.com. That's Cook Shack, proud sponsor of this show and happy to have them. Uh, We're back here in just a few seconds with Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue Pitmaster. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network.
4: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue—it's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: All right, welcome back one six two two zero zero nine six six Greg at thebbqcentralshow dot com. Uh, we rejoin Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue Pitmaster. Chad, thanks for hanging with me through the break, there, buddy. Uh, having some uh, great times over there in the uh, in the Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, you've been out to Vegas a number of times, Chad. Where's like the, where's the hang for the pitmaster?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, wherever we get together, you know, as pitmasters. I mean, I've I've had some of my best times, uh, you know, down there in front of the El Cortez with some of my FBA and K C B S buddies, um, you know, you know, talking to homeless folks and drinking a cold beer. Or, you know, as, as my team member Jared Hatcher last year, we went down at the World Food Championships and put our meat on about three o'clock in the morning. And uh <laughs> only time I've ever heard a guy walk in tell a eighty three year old cocktail waitress, the El Cortez, <laughs> Let me get a hand of blackjack, a Bud Light, and a cup of coffee. That uh that that's I think in Vegas when us barbecue guys get together, we we kind of find the party. Um, but I like the downtown area. I'm partial to it. Uh, the glitz and the glamour of uh, uptown Vegas doesn't do much for me. Man, I, I like a little bit of uh dirt and grime, and you know, maybe, maybe you see some people down on their luck. You know, it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that must be the uh, redneck cracker in you. It
1: could be. It yeah. could be. You uh, know, so so that uh. That's just, that's just me kind of hanging with my people
0: down there in uh, downtown Vegas. Chad, let me ask you something. You've uh, seen some time uh, recently over the last couple seasons with one Daniel Damofsky of DivaQ on the show Barbecue Crawl, which obviously is doing uh, seismically well in Canada and doing just as equally well here in the United States of America. Uh, as someone who has seen uh, you know, the other side of that show being guests, you know, what do you like about barbecue crawl, and, and I guess what are some of the, the top experiences that you have had being a part of that show in some form or fashion?
1: You know, I'm I, one, I think the show... You know, one, I mean, you got to start with the host. I mean, Danielle's a, a very, you know, endearing person. She's she's one of those people that, you know, she she's just a, a really, really good person. And, you know, I, I enjoy spending time with her. And so when I look at the show, what I think's good about it is it's something folks can relate to. You know, in their travels, they can go try... You know, barbecue at this joint. They get a look at what competitions are. They get to the, you know do some character development and meet some new folks each episode. And to, and to be invited to come back and do a second season or a second episode with Danielle there, in a third season, you know, I was really excited. We we went to Greenville, South Carolina, and, and we had a blast. And then you know we got to spend some time together there in Laughlin, And then uh, we'll also be together at the World Food Championships. So. You know, and the other thing she has, she has an outstanding crew. Um, the crew, you know, those they've been with her since season one, a lot of chemistry there, um, you know, that they, they really know each other, you know, when it comes to Angie, Emily, Andy, all the rest of the guys, you know, and, and so I think that helps make a good show too. Having done a couple TV shows, you know, it's, if that crew's got chemistry, especially when it comes to the host and the talent, um, I think it just makes a lot better show overall.
0: Uh, Chad you have uh, you know seen the show shot raw you've seen the show as it finishes uh, in any reality <laughs> reality tv show how true does barbecue crawl hold to the raw versus what you see on a finished product on any night
1: um i I will tell you right now i mean if i had to rate barbecue crawl from 1 to 10 uh 1 being you know fabricated 10 being as real as it gets, I've got to give it a 9.8 or a 9.9. Wow. And, yeah, and, 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 and the reason I say that is, you know, just because, you know, you flub a word or something, let me say, hey, Jack, can you say that again? Um, you know, and after a couple of whiskeys, Greg, I've been known to flub a word or two. Um, so, yeah, if they, if they ask you to re-say something, no, no big deal. So that's the only reason I'm knocking the tenth or two tenths of the point on the reality <laughs> factor. But, no, I mean, I mean it, it's really, you know, haven't been part of it. Uh, you know, being part of getting the, being part of the, the real footage and then seeing what it gets cut down to in the show, they're um, they, they are definitely, uh, you know, excuse my 90s reference, but they keeping it real, Greg.
0: So here's the thing, right? Uh, few people have, well, there's a lot of people that have probably seen the show and they see Danielle, be Danielle on the show. And they've never met her in person. They've never had the opportunity to chat with her, interact with her on uh, barbecue forums, through the Internet, or or what have you. I have. Like, as I've said before in many conversations uh, that I've had with Danielle, we kind of came up at the same time. Uh, She had a a true vision on what she wanted to do, and, and, you know, she's there. She's accomplishing everything that she wants to. But I think the important thing is to mention, as far as barbecue crawl is... What you see with Danielle on the camera, she is the exact same person that you would find at a bar somewhere else with no cameras around that you find on that yep. camera, right?
1: Absolutely. A lot of uh, just very genuine. You know, and, and, and you're right. She, she doesn't put on or act different in front of the cameras. You know, she's always been one of those people that what you see is what you get. Um, if you like it, great. If you don't, you're entitled to your opinion. And uh, I, I think people like that, you know, they, they sell when it comes. Because, you know, I mean, that's what people want. People don't want, you know, someone that's, that's one face on camera and another face off person. I mean, that's, that's not cool. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, when we talk about something like that, let's talk about, you know, Myron Nixon. You know, I had to have the chance to hang out with him and Michael a little bit at the pick jig this past weekend. And, uh, you know, Myron, you know, on, from that point of view, on TV – Comes off as a bit of a hard ass and yeah. this and that. I'll tell you what, man. I saw a line of 100 people at the pig chick this past weekend. Myron signed every autograph, took every picture, you know, did everything, did a couple of crown royals with the guy. Um, you know, he, he, he he's a, a very genuine person. He just found a way to build a brand and build a presence on that show that he's been able to cash in on. So, you know, to, to me, there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, but when it comes to Danielle, she she's very true to who she is. And I think just knowing Danielle, you know, closely as really good friends, I think if she was any other way, she wouldn't really be able to
0: live with herself. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, Chad Ward, Whiskey Band Barbecue, Pitmaster, joining us here on the show. Chad, let me ask you something. We're going to diverge here just for a second, so indulge me if you don't mind. Uh, you also, uh, aside from the Pitmaster stuff, aside from uh, doing the day job that I have as well, aside from uh, you know all this other stuff that you have going in, you're now a barbecue business entrepreneur with the store. Uh, I'm assuming that's where the, the show was done from each and every week as well. Uh, How have you found, you know, the the Whiskey Bend Barbecue store and uh, from from open to where you're at today? uh, Has it met expectation? Has it exceeded expectation? What's it like to be in the business of barbecue? You
1: know, Greg, um, you know, Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply was started uh, last September. So we're, you know, about 13 months in, about 13 and a half months in. Um, And and we are about 35% ahead of our business plan which is something I'm, you know, am really surprised by, you know, we decided we really wanted to focus on the brick and mortars, uh, the first 12, 18 months of the, I mean, we have the online store. We're doing a a brisk online business. Um, but what you'll see in 2015 is we're really, really going to push the online business. We, uh, we're going to go out and we're going to have five or six, uh, what we're going to call platinum sponsor teams, uh, you know, guys that are, that, that are real movers and shakers, in the industry, uh, we're going to have a line of, of gold-level teams and a line of silver-level silver, silver level teams, um, and we're going to really try to spread the word. But for me, it's been great. You know, the brick-and-mortar store, you know, I travel a lot for the day job, cook a lot of contests, but I love being able to, you know, every time I can get in there, go in, you know, talk to folks. And, and one thing I'll tell you that's amazing is in the little bit over a year that we've been open, we have an 85% customer return rate. Wow. Pe- pe- people come in, buy something, they enjoy the service they get, and it's just not me. I got to thank my wife, Nicole. I got to thank Danny, Timmy, Griff, all the folks that work there also because, you know, I can't be there every second of every day, but they take such good care of the store and, and have such a pride and ownership in it that, uh, that that's what's really leading to our success.
0: What do you see as a, as a, a store owner now, uh, products that are popular or perhaps even products that you are being introduced to that maybe we don't have a, a beat on at the moment that you might think are going to be stars here in the upcoming future?
1: Well, I, I will tell you, you know, the, the one thing I've learned from a smoker point of view, that, that Big Green Egg, man, they have done such a good job of, of product quality and marketing that it sells itself. Um, I'm so glad when we were deciding what ceramic cooker we were going to carry that we decided to become a Big Green Egg dealer. Um, They're kind of cultish, if you will, Um, but but love all of our Big Green Egg customers. When it comes to product, you know we were talking about Bill Arnold and Blue's Hog earlier. One thing I believe when we started Whiskey and Barbecue Supply is I'm not going to ask you to hand over your hard-earned ducats without you being able to taste the sauce and the rub. So every rub that's for sale in our store, there's an open sample. Every sauce that's available in our store, there's an open sample. And I'll tell you what, anybody that takes a sample of Blue Saga Original, I don't think I've ever had somebody taste Blue Saga and not buy at least a pint of it.
0: Really? Um,
1: yeah. And I'll tell you another sauce like that that really sells once people taste it, and that's Craig's Sauce. Yeah. Craig Sherry they're out of oh, Texas. So good. People, Yeah. So good. I, I have a, I have at least six households that come in and buy a gallon about every three months because it's the only thing their kids will eat with their chicken muffins or their chicken tenders. Uh, and, uh,
0: maybe, and, and maybe, cool. maybe I'm diverging here just a little bit, but Craig Sherry is like one of the most recognized slash unrecognized stars of the barbecue industry with his products, starting out with the Texas pepper jellies. But oh wait, hold on a second. Aside from great products, this guy could cook you under the table in K C B S and the in the IBC. Yeah, the I, guy, I mean he's crazy. But uh,
1: that qual- he qualified for the Jack in what, March of this year? Yeah.
0: Crazy. With seven wins? Yeah. I mean he is an absolute star on the Pitmaster circuit. But his products are second to none. <laughs> no, he's so I good. I
1: completely agree. And you know, and, and personally, me and Craig have always had a great relationship. He was uh the second sponsor I ever had after I won my first grand championship, I, I sent him an email, told him I was using, you know, three of his three of his Rip Candy products, and uh, and when we, you know, when I when I started the store, uh, PO number two was sent to Craig Sherry, PO number one was sent to Ethereum over at Cosmos, because those are two guys that, you know, from from when I got started that uh, had supported me, and when I decided to become more of a barbecue entrepreneur, I've got to support them. Um, but no, you know, Crick's products are great. Another one that we brought in the store here recently over the last three or four months is uh, Chris Capel's Busy Pick products. Yeah. And, 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 and while they're a little higher price point, what I am finding is once people taste them and once people understand the quality and the all-natural flavors, yep. that, 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 that that's what they want to go with, what they have to go with.
0: Chris Capel's products have been out since I even, before I even got into barbecue hosting of any form or fashion. I mean, yeah. 10 years, 11 years, 12 years. I mean, these are tried and true products.
1: No, I, I agree. But I'm just saying for us, in opening the store, I was a little worried about the price points. Yeah. Um, but but bringing it in and bringing in yeah. the full line of Disney Pig products, one of the best decisions we've made because, one thing that I try to do is I try to bring in three new brands every month. Wow. Um, you know, th- things that move well, you know, we're obviously going to keep on the shelf and expand shelf space. Uh, things that don't move so well, maybe they kind of, you know, fade off. And, and, but we're trying to bring in three new brands at least every month.
0: Uh, Chad, you're at Las Vegas right now. You're gearing up for the World Food Championships. Uh, this thing has grown by leaps and bounds each and every year of its existence. What are you expecting for World Food Championships this year?
1: I'm, I'm expecting it's going to be a large time. Uh, I think we're probably going to see more. You know, they had to cap the barbecue field because of the, the the size of the space. But I think in the ancillaries, you know, the other categories, we're going to see record turnout. And I think it's going to be an all-around good time. And I'm super stoked that next year – the World Food Championship is going to be in my backyard over in Kissimmee, Florida.
0: Absolutely, boom. Let me ask you something. Do you see a almost all barbecue finale like you saw last year?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think so, Greg. Just because you know, first off, you know that there's so many contests you can show up at, and you know, if you do the anything but that's dessert or that's bacon, that's a bacon qualifier. If you do the dessert, that's a dessert qualifier. Obviously, if you won the barbecue contest, that's a barbecue qualifier. So I just think power in numbers, you know, there's more barbecue guys getting a chance to qualify for the World of Foods. So, yeah, I would not be surprised to see two or three barbecue guys at that final table this year.
0: In, uh, in the end, would it be justification i mean it came so close last year to having the barbecue segment of the world food championships win and obviously there was a little controversy that surrounded it as far as wait times and so on and so forth but uh, do you think that this year the actual barbecue segment pushes over the top and wins uh world food championships
1: i do i do i i, I really think so because i think here's the one thing i look at greg look at all those other segments None of them compete as regularly as we do. You know, I'm, I mean, the, the teams that are out there the, at the World Foods are, are teams that are at least cooking ten times a year, probably. So I, I don't think you know Seafood Susie is down there. You know, <laughs> cooking the you know cooking the salmon roundup down the street ten twelve times a year. So, so, so I, I just think as barbecue competitors, it's in our blood. To line up across the table from somebody and try to just outcook them. So no, I think this is the year that we won't lose to a cupcake, a carrot cake, you know, a cheesecake. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is the year for barbecue to shine.
0: Chad Ward is the pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue, pitmaster of or the owner of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply. Uh, Chad, do you have a, a website for the supply store?
1: Of course I do, Greg. I would be irresponsible if I didn't.
0: All right, go, go ahead. Go over
1: to whiskeybentbbqsupply.com. Uh, check it out. If I can, yeah. I will uh, try to get a promo code up by tomorrow. Anybody that goes on with the promo code, TheGreatRimpy, R-E-M-P-E, TheGreatRimpy, is going to get 10% off through, let's just say, Let's just say next uh, the end of my show next
0: Tuesday. All right, end of your show next Tuesday, so uh, a week, more or less, a week from now. Yeah. Uh, the Great Rempe, T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-R-E-M-P-E, The Great Rempe. You get 10% off anything that you get at Whiskey Bent uh, BBQ Supply Store, which is uh, fun and fantabulous. Always appreciate the uh, discounts. Centralites love anything that you can get a discount because they're cheap yeah. bastards, as you know, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Chad. hey. hey, but, hey. Dude,
1: yeah. the central lights are still living like it. We're in the 2008 recession. I can dig that. That's I right. I can dig that.
0: That's right. No doubt about it. Uh, Chad, good luck in uh, Vegas. Uh, we'll hope to get a recap from you. And as always, continued success. We'll talk to you soon, buddy.
1: Hey, and Greg, one last thing. Yep. Thank you so much for convincing me to come over to the OutdoorCookingChannel.com. I'm having a ball with the show over there. I love the video. I'm getting all kinds of comments on the quality. Yep. Yep. Thanks to Kevin Bevington yep. for giving both of us this great format. Uh, but thanks again, brother. Always good to
0: talk to you, Greg. All right, man. There he is. Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue. Getting ready to try his hand over at the World Food Championships this uh, weekend. He's locked and loaded, man. Yeah, man, yeah. All right. Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue. A lot of different things that you can react to. Love to get your reactions through email and so forth. Uh, he thinks that this is the year that... The uh, barbecue segment of the World Food Championships is actually going to push over and uh, take it all. I don't necessarily not agree with that. I think he's right on the money on that. Very close. Last year, again, I missed uh, a little bit of controversy, depending on who you ask, for wait times and so forth. Uh, that would have been Pitmaker that would have won that last year. But it, instead, it was uh, Carrot Cake, who was also... I mean, I think you had three or four or three out of the five uh, people that were in the finals in World Food Championship last year uh, actually being barbecue pit masters in some form or fashion. And then, of course, uh, we had Meathead talking about all of the uh, great turkey stuff as he does in his second segment appearance every month. Let me close out here by saying uh, I certainly appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Appreciate you. You. Especially you over there in the corner. I see. Next week, got a great group of guests ready, lined up to go. So stay tuned for that. If you have raw cast iron, re-season it each and every time. After you get done cooking on it, do a little burn off and then uh, hit it with a grill brush, get the bits off and then as it starts to cool down, right around uh, 400 degrees, hit it with a little Pam, a little Crisco. Let it burn back in, give you generations of rust-free service. Trust me, I do it each and every time, and it has not looked any worse for the wear ten years later since I've had that bubba keg with the cast iron stain, or with the cast iron grates that I got with that bad boy. Also, September 11, thousand and one, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this your program host, of proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night, now.